Good evening. So good to see you all tonight. I love this service, don't you? God has so many different pieces to it. I mean, we're lighting fires outside. Who doesn't love that? Then you're holding little flames in church. That's exciting. And then you get to, you know, it's all dark. And then we've got light and we've got song. That's just such a cool thing to have it all kind of mixed up into this resurrection story. And so tonight we are going to be talking about deliverance. Uh, not the movie. Uh, it's set in West Virginia or wherever that is. That'd just be creepy to be talking about that. Now, although that does take place on a river, on water. Uh, so we are kind of talking about that, but hopefully nothing along those lines. That would be a little creepy for tonight. Instead, we are talking about the story of the Exodus. It was our first reading tonight that uh, Dr. Bob Stutz shared with us. And uh, the story of the Exodus is this phenomenal story. Right? Remember what has happened. The Israelites have been living in Egypt. Things have been going pretty well. They've multiplied and grown strong. And then they've become slaves. The Pharaoh enslaved them all. And then, uh, and then he started killing off their firstborn because he was worried that you know, they were growing too many and that they were going to rise up against him. And then you know, he start, they start having to make bricks with no straw. All these kind of terrible things happen for them. But God saw them. God looked on them in their oppression, and then he enacted his plan. And his plan was to send in Charlton Heston. <laughs> right? You've seen the movie. The gospel truth right there. Charlton Heston was there. No, not Charlton Heston. Moses, in fact, the character Charlton is playing. Moses. Moses goes and he, leads his, he goes up to Pharaoh and he says, Pharaoh, let my people go. Let us go. Let us go worship the Lord in the wilderness. And Pharaoh won't let him go, will he? Right? You guys know the story. Right? And so there's kind of back and forth, and Moses keeps coming, and then what happens? Yeah, he says that again, and then what happens when Pharaoh says no? No dice. Plagues. That's right. All these plagues come, and bad things happen. You know, you got boils, and you got locusts, and frogs, and water turning to blood. All the kind of normal stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Things are getting terrible for the Egyptians. They are just horrible for them. And finally, the last plague comes. Anyone remember what the last plague is? The death of the firstborn of all Egypt. That's right. And so how was it that on that night when the angel was passing through and would kill all the firstborn, how could you avoid that? The blood of the lamb spread on the... On the what, the lintel or something? Yeah. Yeah, the door frame of your house. That's right. They were called to sacrifice a lamb. Spread its blood on the door frame. And then eat the feast. Eat that feast. And what was that event called? Anyone remember? Passover. Passover. And why do you think it got that name? Because it Passover. That's right. The angel passed over that home and didn't kill the firstborn in there. I love names that fit that easily. I mean, it just really helps me out. A person with a memory like mine. That lamb that was sacrificed that night, they call it the Paschal Lamb. That is the name for it. It's the Passover Lamb. And so when that plague comes and when all those firstborn are killed, there is crying in all the homes in Egypt. But then Pharaoh releases the Israelites. And they stream out of Egypt. And all things are going swimmingly well until what happens? Pharaoh's following them. And what do they run into? The Red Sea. And why is this a problem? Because there's nowhere to cross. That's right, they didn't bring boats. 
right? No one brought their little floaties or water wings or anything, right? And so they can't get across the Red Sea. So they've got the Red Sea on one side and Pharaoh's attacking army on the other. They're stuck between a rock and a hard place. There's no way for them to get out. And the Israelites did what any good people would do, is they start complaining against Moses. Right? They say, Moses, why did you lead us out here to die in the, no, in the middle of nowhere? It would have been better for us to stay at home. And Moses says, God, what is going on? You know, it just keeps going up the food chain. Right? And he's, Moses says, God, help me out here. I'm stuck. And so the Lord says, raise up your staff, Moses. And what happens when, that ha- when he does that? The water's passed, right? You've got these winds come in, and the winds spread the waters out and dry out the land that had previously been the bottom of the sea. And the, and the Israelites pass through on dry land. And then there's that fun, you know, finish of it that the Egyptians chase after them, and then they get all washed away. You know, we don't want to forget that. Uh, it gives kind of good completion to the story. Right? It's through those waters that the Israelites are freed. It's through that that they move from being a people of slavery to being a people of freedom. It's in that water, in passing through that sea, in that miraculous, God-given event, that the Israelites become a people. This is the defining event in the Old Testament. It is the central act that defines how God relates to his people. Now, can anyone uh, think of the central act in the New Testament? This time of year might have you thinking of it. Crucifixion, that's right. The crucifixion and resurrection, that, that paired event, because one of them without the other doesn't really work. Right? That paired event of crucifixion and resurrection. When did it happen in the Jewish year? During the Passover. Why do you think that happened? Why do you think Jesus died on Passover? That's right. From the choir, he was the Passover lamb. That's right. You've got this beautiful... Don't you... I love it when God does this, right? He enacts a plan thousands of years ago. And then he says, that plan, that was only the beginning. Look, that was only the, the preview for what was to come. Here is the main event, and the main event is Easter. The main event is Jesus Christ, the Passover lamb who was sacrificed for us. What happened when you sacrificed that Passover lamb in the Exodus and put the blood over the doorframe? What was it that happened for those firstborn children? They were saved. That's right. And what happens for us when we are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, in the blood of the lamb? We are saved. And what is that act that we do here on church sometimes when we bring a baby in here or an adult and we have water? Baptism. It is through that water as well that we have that connection with the Israelites passing through the Red Sea. Right? Remember, it was through that water after the deliverance by the, with the Passover lamb that the people were identified as God's people. They were set free. That's why we pair these events together. That's why we pair faith and baptism. That's why we link those things together. And that's why in the service of baptism, we remember God's saving acts in the deliverance through the Red Sea. Isn't it beautiful? 
It's beautiful how God works. He takes those things that happened so long ago and he reenacts them and makes them so much more powerful than they ever could have been before. I see God doing this in our lives too. You ever notice that? Right? Something that happened way in your past, God will bring that up and say, look, here is how I'm going to bring that to completion. Here is how I'm going to bring resurrection in that death. Here is how I'm going to bring life out of that terrible event. Here is how, or if it was a great thing, here is how I'm going to make it better for you. That's what our God does. He reaches into the past, draws it into the present, and breathes his life into it. This Easter, we celebrate the death of the Paschal Lamb. The one Paschal Lamb that ever needed to die. The only one. Jesus Christ, the faithful. Bless you. Jesus Christ, the faithful Son of God. Who for us and for our deliverance, so that the angel of death would not take us as well, the one whose blood was spread upon our doorposts, upon our life, by whose death and resurrection we are set free, and through his baptism we are brought into new life. I pray that this Easter you seize the opportunity to renew your life in Christ, or seize the opportunity to grasp hold of him for the first time, to accept his deliverance and commit to being a part of his plan. And then that you pass it along to those around you who need to hear of the hope and life which can be found in Jesus Christ. We serve a God who can do awesome and amazing things. And it is the self-same God who wants to be in relationship with you and me, humble, simple people. <clears throat> What an amazing thing it is that we worship a God like this. And let's serve him with zeal, with joy in our hearts, and with a renewed kindling of that fire which was stirred up inside of us at our first, at our first time that we came into relationship with him. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you that you are a God who delivers. You are a God who does things which uh, make sense to us, Lord. You do them in a way that we can see, Lord, so that we know that you are at work. I thank you, Lord, for loving us. I thank you, Lord, for being the Paschal Lamb for us, Lord, the Passover sacrifice, so that through you, Lord, we could be offered eternal life. Lord, we commit ourselves to you now. Take us, Lord, broken, hurting people, and renew us. Give us new life in your spirit and by the power of your grace enacted on the cross. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.